As we prepare to hear the word, let's say together a prayer. God of all who doubt and believe, by the gift of your spirit, enable us to hear with our ears, to see with our eyes, and to touch with our hands your word of life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. Amen. The word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And from Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Stu. With hair and no color. Pastor Stu, it's good to be here. My name is Miriam Mullering. And uh, I'm not sure who I am, or once you uh, are no longer gainfully employed, they call you many things, but I, uh, part of my role now, I serve as a chaplain with Calgary Police. I must say, uh, worship team, whoever chose those songs, awesome. They were just excellent, they fit in so well. And also, I want to thank all of you volunteers who faithfully now for over a year have been doing what you're doing. And I also want to thank those who are here this morning for the way you comply with the public health rules. And to this church and its leadership, Pastor Stu, because uh, you have been very conscientious about social distancing, the wearing of masks. It helps us to feel safe to come when we do attend a worship service. So we just, I just want to commend you. And, you know, in the song, it talked about giving evidence. To me, this is giving evidence as Christians that we comply with the public health guidelines in terms of social distancing. Amen. Amen. I think it's extremely important. On Palm Sunday, Pastor Stu, you talked about and laid really a foundation for this message. You spoke about the importance of living a life that is premised upon the Word of God. How we live our lives will determine our destiny and our legacy. That legacy, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the legacy will be defined by how well we followed the Word of God, for it's a reflection of the condition of our heart. Now, don't panic when I cough. It's a dry cough. It's allergies. I've actually had my vaccine, so I'm, I'm cared for. Plus, I'm under the anointing. What more? But it is true. We either have hearts of peace or hearts at war. Hearts of kindness, respect, and compassion, or hearts of hatred, anger, bigotry, bitterness. 
Now, I'm not speaking about the physical condition of our hearts, but spiritually. What condition is your heart in? What condition is my heart in? A few weeks ago, a friend of ours was preparing to go ice fishing, and he had quite a severe pain in his chest, but he tried to ignore the warning signs because he really wanted to go fishing. Now, he was in good health, and he was hoping that that discomfort would go away. Outwardly, he was functioning reasonably normal, but inward, his heart was a ticking time bomb. His arteries were 90% blocked. Is that not also a picture of many of our hearts spiritually? We may be singing the worship songs, we may be tithing, we may be attending and supporting our local church, we may be doing all kinds of good deeds in our communities. However, underneath the surface, the behavior and actions are far too nefarious. They're evil, they're wicked, intent. Perhaps you've asked a question that I find myself asking these days. What has happened to our world? What has happened to civility? What has happened to humanity? What has happened to respect and decency and genuine, genuine concern for our neighbors, our communities, our fellow human beings? What has happened to our faith in God? Our world is in chaos, and it's not just from the pandemic. I do believe there's a destructive war within the heart of humanity because of unresolved past events, or perhaps present conflict. Many hearts have become toxic with hatred, injustices, racism, sexism, bitterness, often resulting in violence as we demand our rights while neglecting our responsibilities. Instead of engaging in constructive discussion, we've become divided even further. Sadly, we are so worried about being politically correct, I think we've forgotten how to have meaningful dialogue. We get trapped in arguments about cancel culture, critical race theory, woke, the BLM. We get all caught up, but we're really not hearing one another because we've already planted our feet. We've already made up our decision, so my argument is right, so you, why do you even try to talk to me? Or yours is right and mine's wrong. But that's how we've become. Alveda King, who was the niece of Martin Luther King Jr., she said this, we have to learn together and live together. That's the heart of God. And we've already read the scripture from Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. That's not just a suggestion from God, that's actually a command. And that's what L.V. the King said, learn to live together. A heart at war, however, is a heart of sin. Sin is acting or behaving in a way that does not conform with God's character of how he calls us to live out our lives. 
Ephesians chapter 4, however, says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, forbearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's really time for God's cardiac unit for a spiritual heart checkup. Proverbs 51 and 10 said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. A right spirit is that of a peacemaker. We read that from Matthew 5. One who is focused on reflecting the heart of God in every aspect of life. Ephesians 5 and 1 says, be imitators as our dear children. And then we read from Colossians 3, 15 and 17, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The peace of God is calling us to live our lives in harmony with the word and to treat one another as we want to be treated. Albert Einstein, who won the Nobel Peace Prize for Physics, he made this statement in a lecture that he gave in 1948 when he was commenting on the threat of the nuclear war. He said, it's not a physical problem, but it's an ethical one. What terrifies us is not the explosion force of the atomic bomb, but the power of the wickedness of the human heart. It's explosive power for evil. As a follower of Christ, I would contend that the human heart also has the potential to be an explosive power to do what is good and honorable and peaceful. The choice lies within us. If you're at peace, that's the choice you've taken. If you're at war, that's because you've chosen to be at war. Now let me give just a very brief background and a setting for Matthew chapter 5, which is commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's one of the first expositions on the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament. Some scholars refer to this passage as essential Christianity. Others refer to it as the manifesto of Christ. Because the Sermon on the Mount really reveals the heart of Christ, calling his disciples to a standard of ethics and lifestyle. He was giving them instruction to be different, to see the world from God's perspective. The reward and the legacy of living with a heart of peace is seen in the Beatitudes. Those who do so will see God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A heart at war, however, has a database in his or her emotional and spiritual heart that is polluted by hurt, pain, disappointment, anger, unforgiveness, hatred, violence, 
It's not a legacy that anyone would want to be known by. A heart at war sees people as the enemy, the cause of all their problems, an obstacle to their happiness. It's their fault. This is not to suggest that others cannot cause as great hardship or that they're not responsible for how they treat us, because they are. However, we and we alone are responsible for how we react and respond to what has been done to us. Those of you who know my story know that as a very young child, I was sexually abused by a neighbor. Now, I can go through life hating and being angry and being vindictive and have a heart at war because of what happened, but I grew up. I'm an adult now. I have to take responsibility. I can't keep blaming. And you choose, you choose how you're going to respond. You see, a heart of peace sees people whom God loves so much that he gave his life for them. That's the heart that I desire. A heart at war sees problems. It becomes desensitized to other people. But a heart of peace looks for solutions with a caring concern for others. A heart at peace is moved with compassion, for it cannot and it will not overlook someone's pain and suffering. There's a sense of urgency to end that pain, to, oh, to be his hand extended, reaching out to the oppressed. Let me touch him. Let me touch Jesus so that others will know and be blessed. The heart of war, though, it insists that others need to change. They have to change, while the heart at war is very unwilling to consider that they may need to change. That's a form of what we would call toxic individuality. When someone believes that he or she has all the truth, and they own the truth, and if you don't see it their way, then you don't have the truth. That's toxic individuality. That's a toxic person to be around. A heart of peace, however, recognizes that he or she may need to adjust their perspective while not compromising their values. We may not agree on the issue, but we can still value the person. A heart of peace will find ways to agree, to disagree, and to do it agreeably. A person with a heart of peace will strive to be purposeful in building a bridge of love, a bridge of hope, a voice of reason, to be a person of humility and grace in times of conflict, to be a person of compassion, to be a person who shows respect and dignity for all. Those are the kind of people I want in my life. 
a person, however, with a heart at war, that person has clogged spiritual arteries. Such a person may knowingly or unknowingly invite conflict because he or she is, tends to always be on the defense or always ready to attack someone else. Thereby, what they're doing, they're creating an environment that it, it's like poking the bear. It's like they bring out the worst in other people. Just as the arteries in our physical hearts can become blocked, so can our spiritual hearts. We're cut off from God's life flow of oxygen because of our prejudices, our unconscious or even our conscious bias, our hatred, our anger, and so on. And I'm sure we've all experienced that to some extent, in different ways. Sometimes it's because of race, sometimes it's because of culture. Sometimes it's ageism, sometimes it's because of gender. All kinds of things that can create hearts at war or hearts at peace. An internal issue may have been festering for years for some of you even here this morning or watching online. If so, you've got spiritual plaque that's built up. You may be struggling to find freedom, believing that if just someone else will change, then I'll be okay. Just as our friend had to go to the emergency department at the hospital and ended up having triple bypass, there are those this morning, there may be someone who may need triple heart spiritual bypass. The humble heart, the heart of peace, cries out in Psalm 139, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Try my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, how we see life is how we do life. So how's your spiritual heart this morning? Certainly, I recognize that many of us are victims of acts of crime, and injustices, violence, broken promises, deception, and we could go on and on. But the message of God remains the same, that we are called to be peacemakers. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's not a negotiable matter. The word rule, the Apostle Paul uses, is from a Greek word. Brabuo, and I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, but what it means is to decide or to determine or to act as a judge as a, or an umpire. It indicates choice. We can make the choice to be at peace or at war. But how many have used the expression, this is just the way I am? This is how I'm born? Maybe. But according to the Word of God, if we allow God to rule, that means we have the choice. What's in your heart will show the true you. And the true you comes out when it's under pressure, or you don't get what you want, or you're in those long lineups. That's why we must not let the spiritual plaque build up in our lives. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep or guard your heart, 
with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So now we need just a short spiritual cardiac checkup. And Jody's going to put a PowerPoint up on the screen. So let's just go through this quickly. So the heart at war is one that blames others, very critical, fault-finding, argumentative, demanding. That's that toxic individuality. Complainer, power and control, my rights, my way. Very defensive, overly concerned about what others think about them remorseful over their sin only because they got caught, focus on perceived failures of others, then a term that's become quite uh, predominant today in psychological service, uh, areas is gaslighting. You may have heard of it. That's when someone intentionally twists your perception of reality for their own gain. Gaslighting, they'll say things like, oh, you always think that, or it's, Where's your mind going, or you're overreacting? Uh, also, what's in it for me? Very self-focused. A heart of peace takes responsibility, looks for the good, listens and responds respectfully, very forgiving what's best for us. He is an encourager, creates safe environments, teachable. I like this one, not what others think about, but what God knows about me. The heart of peace is truly sorrowful, turns away from their sin, changes behaviors and actions. A deep sense of personal, spiritual growth. And then a heart of peace lives for a cause greater than self. Philippians 1, 21. So you can see the heart is crucial to Jesus. Jesus did not come into the world simply because we have some bad habits that need to be repaired. He came into the world because we have diseased spiritual hearts that need to be purified. And when our hearts are purified by God, we then become conduits of his peace. We are called to let the word of God dwell in us richly. We're called to teach and admonish or caution and warn one another with all wisdom. Now to dwell means to take up residence within you. So peace is not something that comes for a short stay or an occasional visit when it's convenient. But peace is to dwell, to be a permanent fixture of our lives every day and in every situation. Peace is not the absence of trouble or conflict, but rather it's our response to trials, to disappointments, to challenges and heartache. I love what Helen Keller said. She said, I do not want the peace which passes understanding. I want the understanding that brings peace. So then, who or what is truly ruling your heart, my heart today. Past hurts, present conflict, disappointments, or is the forgiveness and the peace of God? We can't serve two masters. When you have a divided heart, you have divided loyalties. 
You have divided purposes. We are free to choose, absolutely, we're free to choose, but we're not free to choose our consequences. So choose wisely. Stan Makita, who played professional hockey in the 60s and 70s, was long before my time, it was probably around Dwayne's time. Uh, you remember Stan Makita, Dwayne? You don't? You do? Christy does, okay. He used to get into all kinds of fights during ho hockey games. He stopped when his eight-year-old daughter asked a very grown-up question to her father. She said, Daddy, how can you score goals when you're always in the penalty box? As followers of Christ, how can we give evidence of who Christ is if we're always in a spiritual penalty box? If all we're doing is fighting someone or something, could this be a reason why so many churches, families, schools, society, and nations are in turmoil? But the good news today is that we can have a heart of peace. We can be peacemakers by choosing to view people through the lens of God, by embracing and modeling the forgiving character of Jesus. For it was Jesus who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And third, by purposing in our hearts to live out Psalm 19 and 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. We become agents of change only to the degree that we live to help things go right rather than simply living to correct things that we perceive are wrong. Galatians 5, 14 and 15 says this, the entire law is summed, summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Love your neighbor who doesn't look like you think like you, love like you, speak like you, pray like you, vote like you, love your neighbor, no exceptions. Living a life a heart with a heart of peace is a noble heart. It's really not difficult. It's challenging, but not difficult. It's choice. Now, since we are in God's cardiac unit this morning, and those of you who are online, you also are in God's cardiac unit. Let me close with a prescription for obtaining a heart of peace. Since I have my PhD, this is Dr. Miriam's prescription based on the word of God. You can take these as often as you want throughout the day. 
not just at 8, 12, 4, and 8. And I want you to know that this is refillable as often as you need it. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. The second, Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And then the third one, Ephesians 4, 31-32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Isn't it awesome? what Jesus has done for us. May you have hearts of peace and not hearts of war. Just before I close with prayer and a benediction, just a reminder, God, we are so grateful for who you are in our lives. Lord, we are imperfect in ourselves, but through Christ, we are being made perfect because of your goodness. Father, there may be those who are here this morning or watching online that they have hearts that are at war because of past injury or present injury, because of stuff that's happened. But today, God, may we make cho choices to have hearts at peace. Hearts, oh God, that will reflect kindness to humanity, understanding to humanity. May we listen attentively, Lord, to what others are saying. Because God, our perspective on life may not always be right, but as we can have open and meaningful dialogue, that, God, is how we can grow stronger as people. So Father, we pray that where there's hatred, let us sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, let us show hope. Where there's darkness, light. God, may we treat others as we would want to be treated. May we do as the word of God teaches us to love our neighbor. No matter how they look, dress, act, or behave, may we love our neighbors because love is what can touch the hearts of humanity. And now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. May the peace of God be with you and your household. Amen.